0: for the month excellence. Hallelujah. But today, I want us to focus our attention on the church. Amen. I want us to deal with the excellent church. How many of you think is a good idea? The excellent church. You will see in uh, the book of Revelation from chapter 2 to chapter 3 that Jesus addressed seven churches. And if you ask me, each of the church got an F. Apart from one church. Amen. So the seven churches church in Laodicea, church in Smyrna, church in Philadelphia, church in Pergamon, church all over the place they all got an F. Jesus was not happy with each of the church. But one church, the church in Philadelphia, he did not blast them like he blasted all the other churches. Amen. So we're going to look at the church in Philadelphia and we'll look at another church. And out of these two churches, we are going to glean what I believe constitute the excellent church. Is that Okay. So, come with me to Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. We are going to look at. And unto the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. You see that there's a common theme throughout the the. Jesus addressing the church. He said, I know your works. I know your works. I know your works. Each church, the address was, I know your works. Amen. One day, Jesus will say that, CICC, I I know your works. Hallelujah. I pray that when Jesus comes and he says, CICC, I am he who opens and no man shuts. He who is the star of David, he who has the seven candlesticks. You know, each church, Jesus appeared to them differently. He said, I am he, and then he gives his credential before he tells the church their verdict. Amen. So here he says that unto the angel of the church in Philadelphia write these things, he who is holy. So he's addressing them because he's going to talk about sin. He who is holy he who is true. He who has the key of David. He who opens and no one shuts. He who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door that no man can shut. For you have little strength. And I've kept my word. And I've not denied my name. Amen. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not but lie. Indeed, I'll make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Amen. Because you have kept, because you have kept my commandment to, preserve, to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world. And to to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast to what you have. That no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God. And the name of the city of my God. And the, the new Jerusalem which shall come out of heaven from my God. I'll write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Hallelujah. So this is the address that Jesus gave to this church. This was the only church that Jesus didn't find fault. All he said is that, I know you have a little strength, but you have kept my word. Amen. Which means that the excellent church must keep his word. Amen. The excellent church must do what? Keep his word. Hallelujah. Let's look at another church in Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11 from 19 to probably 23. We can probably go on. He says, Now, those who were scattered after the persecution that arose from Stephen traveled traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch preaching the word to those, to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus, and the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then the news of this these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. And when he came, he, and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. Hallelujah. So you see that there was something about this church. In fact, the scripture goes on to say that it was at this church that the believers first got the name Christians. Amen. So the church in Antioch was an excellent church. This was a church that was very, very vibrant. A church that sent many, if you read on, because of the sake of time, I don't want us to go on, but you see that it was this church that they said prophets and uh, uh, missionaries were sent from this church to the other places. It was a very lively church. Amen. It was a very excellent church. So we are going to look at a few things about these two churches that made them excellent. And my prayer is that by the time we finish, we are going to become an excellent church ourselves. Is that okay? The first thing or the first characteristic that I want us to see in these two churches is that the church that is going to be excellent is a church that has intimacy with Christ. Can I say that again? The church that is going to be excellent is a church that has intimacy with Christ. These days, you see that the church has intimacy with a lot of things, but not Jesus Christ. Amen. When I say Christ, it's almost ambiguous, and it's almost as if um, I'm just talking in a vacuum, because what is Christ? But if you read the book of John, it says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, And the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the Son. Hallelujah. So the word or the Christ is the word. Amen. Intimacy with Jesus Christ. Intimacy with the word of God. Not adding or taking anything away from it. But dwelling on the word. Amen. The first and most important thing that any Christian must believe or do or any church must do is to develop a strong intimate relationship with God. And you can only do that through two mediums, the word and prayer. Amen. So when I'm talking about intimacy with Christ, I'm talking about prayer and the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah the least attended service in the church today is prayer meetings followed by Bible study. Isn't it true? The church today, if you want a lot of people to come into the church, organize deliverance, healing service. I'm not saying all those things are wrong. But those things, are. it's like Having children and feeding them with junk food. How many of you know that there are some children who don't like eating proper food? They don't like eating. But when you say, I'm taking to McDonald's, they are happy to go. Are you with me? When you say, I'm going to give you donuts, they are happy. When you say, I'm taking you to Dunkin' Donuts or McDonald's or places like that. You know, they don't want this type of, you know broccoli cabbage you know like home cooked meal and things they are not interested but when it has to do with junk food they will eat it the church is the same the church today the latter day same church is the same we don't like the pure unadulterated word we want anything but the pure word of God am I making sense we want all the gimmicks. We want all the magic. We want all those things. I'm not saying that those things, but those things have its place. Just as junk food have their place. Because uh, everybody deserves a cheat day where you can eat a junk food or, or two. Am I making sense? But that cannot be the mainstay of the Christian person. Are you with me? You have to, your your, your main meal must be the pure word of God and, uh, and prayer Amen So developing an intimate relationship with God must come through daily prayer and effective Bible study Amen If you want to be an excellent Christian your level of prayer must increase and your level of the word must also increase We've been talking about excellence. And I say to you that any city that is excellent or developed is a city that is always breaking and rebuilding. Am I making sense? In the same way, if you're going to be an excellent husband, there are some things you need to break and rebuild. If you're going to be an excellent father, there are some things you need to break and rebuild all the time. An excellent person can never be excellent if what you did from five years ago, ten years ago, is the same thing you are doing now. Nothing has changed. Am I making sense? No, you cannot be a Christian. All you have ever done is what you used to do before, and that is what you are doing today. No, no, no. When you go to the city center, you see that it's already built up. But then occasionally they break some buildings and rebuild them. Isn't it true? I said to you that every... Every developed city, you will see cranes there. And the developed cities and countries and towns in the world, there's no crane. The building that has been built there before, that is the only building that stands. I went to a certain town, a certain country. I don't want to mention names, but it starts with G. And Majority of the houses sit in like mushy. In fact, I'm told that the country was built and modeled on Amsterdam. How many have been to Amsterdam before? Amsterdam is a city that has water around it. So you see that every, almost every passway, passageway, there, there's a stream behind houses. There's a stream, you know, you have to use, you have to cross like little bridges to go because it's built around water. This particular town that I went to is the capital city of a country somewhere far away. And it's also the same. It's modeled on Amsterdam. Unfortunately, the people used the waters as their refuse dump. So they dump all their refuse in these waters that passes behind their houses or in front of their houses so guess what that was the city or that was the town that i saw real mosquitoes i mean mosquitoes when they are coming they are like house flies they come with a purpose yeah when you see the mosquito coming it's like it's not a joke it's like i'm coming for you and there's nothing you can do about it because i'm coming I'm telling you, I went to do a, a, a convention there f- for three days. And the only time I slept was in the afternoon. Because in the night, you can't sleep. Because the mosquitoes are very determined. And it doesn't matter how... Excellent, <laughs> Excellent <mosquitoes. laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was asking my host, how is it that th- then he I was the one who told me that the city was built on, on the same structure as Amsterdam. In fact, you, almost all the houses sit on stilts. You know, they sit on like pillars. So it's nothing sit on the, on the ground. It sits on pillars. All their houses are built that way. They sit on houses. And all their buildings are wood. Wooden buildings. You won't guess the, the place. So don't, don't try and guess. It's not what you think you know. Hallelujah. Yeah. And there's no new building. All the buildings there are from the colonial days. Are you, are you getting it? That is how some of us, our Christian lives are. It's from the colonial days. As it was, so is it going to be world without end. You are, not, you are not doing anything new. You are not studying anything new. You are not praying any, in, in any different realm. You no, know, no. The same, blessed, bless, amen. No. If you want to be excellent, you've got to push yourself. Am I making sense? Push yourself. Decide that you're going to go on your personal retreat. For three days, no social media. No mobile phone. No TV. It's you and the Bible and prayer. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. Mark chapter 1, verse 35 and 36. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight he went out and departed into a solitary place. And there he prayed. Let's continue. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. But they found him. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. This is Jesus. He said, everyone is looking for you. I don't care whether everyone is looking for me or not. The most important thing for me is to be in a solitary place praying. Hallelujah. That is why our church must become a very prayerful church. For the majority of the the most attended service must be a prayer service and the word service or Bible studies time. Amen. Oh, you don't like what I'm saying. Look at Mark 635. When the day was fast spent, his disciples came to him and said that this is a desert place. And uh, it is already late. This is the um, feeding of the 5,000. Jesus took the, the multitude to a desert place, a far place. What did he go and do there? He went to teach them. He went to teach them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The excellent church must be a church that teaches the people Amen. and prays. Amen. Hallelujah. Because that is how we build intimacy with God. Amen. Amen. These days you can be in a church and not have any relationship with God. And still be a very functional member of the church. Do you understand? Because it is not about prayer, it's not about the word of God anymore. Am I talking to somebody? If you're going to be an excellent Christian, you must have a relationship with God. Away from the church. Like Jesus, he always departed from the crowd and went to have his time with, with the father. Amen. I believe that the time has come for the church to seek to grow in grace, grow in the spirit of God, grow in in prayer, grow in the word. The second thing about the excellent church, especially, this is is the Antioch church. It was a spirit-driven church. It was a church that was driven by the Holy Spirit. Amen. When you look at the ministry of Jesus, he says that, I see my father work and I work. What I see my father doing is what I do. What the spirit is doing is what I'm doing, not what I want to do. Amen. Spirit driven, passionate and purposely driven by the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 4, verse 42 to 44, the Bible says, that Now when it was day, he departed and went to, oh, no, Luke chapter 4. Have you got it? Luke chapter 4, verse 42, quickly. When it was there, he departed and went into a desert place, and the crowd sought after him. We've talked about that. No, go to Acts chapter 2. Uh, no, Acts chapter 6 verse 2, sorry, Acts chapter 6 verse 2. And the twelve summoned the multitude and the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom that we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of of the word, Hallelujah. The Bible starts in Acts chapter um, six. It starts by saying that, and in those days when the church increased, the Hellenites or, or were, came and made a complaint that the, in the distribution of food they were not getting their widows were being neglected. Why have you neglected our widows? Let us let the disciples oversee the sharing of bread to our widows. So that this this matter could easily have taken over the the leadership of the church. The church, instead of ministering to God and having intimacy with God through the word and, and prayer, could have easily turned their attention on feeding. Hallelujah. Like the church we have today, majority of us, our attention is being drawn to other things. Amen. You see that any excellent church, the pressure will come. To have your attention or your focus shifted. Amen. We see churches like that. Today, the churches focus on everything but the word and prayer. Am I making sense? It's not spirit driven anymore, it is driven by who has the loudest voice. Which pressure group can hijack the leadership of the church? Am I making sense? Yeah. So when um, people rise up and they say that the church must look after the needy, the poor, and must, must focus on, on uh, the homeless and the destitute and, and the prison. And even Jesus did that, so the church must do that and you put pressure enough on the leadership of the church. You see that the focus of the church will shift. Somebody will come, that the church must focus on the teenagers. Then you see the whole church is now focused somewhere else. Hallelujah. My prayer is that we as a church will be driven by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You see the church in Antioch, it is what the Holy Spirit said was what they were doing. He says, send the people. They send the people. Let them go here. At, At one point, Paul wanted to go somewhere. The Holy Spirit said, no, don't go here. Go there. Immediately, they change their focus to where the Holy Spirit is driving them to. Not where pressure groups in the church rise and determine. Am I I making sense? Any pastor who wants to please the church members will not be a good pastor. Because really, people, you can't please them, you know. Because as soon as you start pleasing this side, all this whole side will not be happy with you when you start preaching, uh, pleasing these people, all these people will not be happy with you. I remember once in my church, the people who came from my country rose up against me. Because they said that all the top positions had given to people who are not from where I come from. And those who come from where I come from, who believe that it is rightfully their place to occupy the top positions have been denied. And so they rose up with their leader and came. And they said that, listen, we are the ones that are holding you. And we want you to know that you are our countryman. And all these leadership positions belong to us. But you have given it to all every other person. I said, have you seen that door? As you are going, make sure it doesn't hit you. Because it's about to hit you. I said, all of you can leave. Because this is not a one nation church. It's an all nation church. Unfortunately, I come from where you come from. But I'm not from where you come from. And the church is not from where you come from. Funny enough, the church was based in a place where we all didn't come from. (laughs) Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? If you don't take care, people will rise up and capture your church. It will be that all the young people will say that we don't have relevance and a voice in this church because you have given all the posts to the older people. So we want a voice, or else we are leaving. Then you panic. No, don't panic. What is the Spirit of God saying to you? Am I making sense to somebody? Recently somebody came and said, oh, ah, but the people in in the choir, they are all from, I said, If you look at the choir, you think they all come from one country, but they are all from everywhere in the world. We speak one language, and that's CICC. Our culture is CICC. It's not any culture. Am I making sense? What is the Holy Spirit saying to us? That is what we are doing. That is what we will do. Not what anybody wants us to do. Because if you want... X, and I want Y, and that want A, and that wants B. In the end, we won't do anything. Because we all be here, and we all not, because we'll be joking for politicians, doing all you see that the church is going nowhere. Amen. Because I, I'm, I'm writing a book, and this particular point is, is one of the points I talk about. That the reason why the church has been kept within the four walls of, of, of the church building. Do you realize that Jesus never kept his church in the, in the synagogue? His church was outside. It was a moving church, isn't it? It was a church without walls but we have brought the church back into the walls so that whatever is going on in the church, nobody outside knows what is going on here right now. And we come here, have our meeting, get happy and go out. When we go out, we don't take the church with us. Isn't that the the reality? Yeah. The church has been quarantined. When somebody catches COVID, what do we do? We tell them to isolate in their room. Isn't it? We have isolated Jesus Christ. We have isolated the, the, the power of the church. We have isolated the, the, the relevance of the church within the four walls of the church. So we only hear praise the Lord inside the church. Yes. When we get out, nobody says praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? It's not spirit driven anymore. How many of us do you you sitting on the bus and the spirit says to you that talk to this person about the love of God, you do it. So it's not politically correct. In this day of COVID, it's social distancing. So, the gospel has been socially distant. Jesus was preoccupied with the purpose which the father has sent him to do. In in John chapter four, when he was talking to the woman at the well, and the, the, the disciples came with the food that they had gone to buy. In the meantime, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. And he said to them, verse 32, I have food to eat which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? And Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him, who sent me and to finish his work? My meat is to do the will of God. The church that is going to be an excellent church is a church that must be focused on fulfilling the will of God. Fulfilling what the Spirit of God says, not what the agenda of the uh, leadership of the church is, not the agenda of the pressure groups within the church. No, if you want to be a popular type of pastor you will not do what the spirit of god wants you to do because sometimes the thing that the spirit of god wants us to do is opposite to what the general people want to do amen are you okay with me so far you've gone quiet i'm wondering whether it is it is working Listen to what Paul says in, in, in Philippians chapter 3. Verse 10, he says that, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and share in, his, or in the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable to his death. That by any possible means I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained. Not that I have already obtained. But this one thing I do, I forget everything and I press on. Hallelujah. I press on to make it on my own because Christ has made it, made me his own. Hallelujah. Number three, an excellent church is a church that has servant leadership, service, service, a church of servants, not a church of leaders. You know, the the, the reason why Jesus always had a problem with the Pharisees was that the Pharisees behaved more like the modern church. How many know that we are the modern Pharisees? When the pastor is coming, you know that the pastor is coming. His armor-bearers are with him. One is holding his Bible. The other one is holding his handkerchief. Matthew 20, verse 26 to 28. And it it shall not be so among you. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever will be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be, a, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Hallelujah. You are not, we are not here to be served, but we are here to do what? To serve. An excellent church is a church that serves. Not a church that is served. Amen. 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5 1 to 4. So I saw the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker or in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Exercise oversight not under compulsion but willingly as God has as God will have you not for shameful gain but eagerly not domineering over those in your church but being an example to the flock. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Hallelujah. Amen. He says that we should not dominate. It's not a domineering thing. It's like you are, the people that you are supposed to be serving are serving you. When Jesus gathered his, his uh, disciples, he asked them all to take off their shoes and he's began to wash their feet. And you see, in those days, those type of things, when washing of feet was reserved for the servants, you see, the roads that they walked on were dusty roads. You get it? So when you go into somebody's house, by the time you move from your, play, your house to somebody's house, your feet will all already be dusty. And one of the things that the servants would do is that as soon as you come, they bring a bowl, they put your feet in and wash your feet and dry them before you go into the chamber, you go into the house itself. Amen. And when they came to the house, he asked for a bowl and put a towel around him and he started washing their feet. And they were saying that, no. Peter said, no, you cannot wash my feet. And Jesus said, if you don't allow me to wash your feet, then you have no part in me and my glory and my ministry. And then when he was washing his feet, he said that this is the example that I'm leaving for you. That the one who will be the chief amongst you must be the one that serves the most. Am I making sense? See that you must be the chief servant. Not that you are the boss. Come to the church, you know who the pastor is. The chair the pastor sits on is different. Different color. It's the most comfiest chair and he has gold. Some, some, some church when you go, the pastor sits on the throne. Big throne. And his wife sits on another throne. That is not what Jesus asked us to do. Manchester, you have some. You want the palanquin to sit, sit in? We don't do that in this church. Until this social distancing period came, me I don't have a chair in this church. I sit anywhere. It's the social distancing that has changed everything. Like I don't anywhere I sit this why? Because it's not about it says that the greatest must be the servant of all. Hallelujah! Ah, am I talking to, to you? The excellent church is the church that serves. The most important person in the church is the visitor, not the pastor. Did you hear what I said? The most important. You see, we attend. The, 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 we flip the script up. What is that? Shall we welcome the first timers? Go and sit here. No, they are the guests of honor. Did you hear what I said? The pastor is not the guest of honor. The guest of honor is the first time visitors. They are the VIPs. We have to treat them as such. They are the ones whose feet must be washed, they are the ones who need to be served. They are the ones that we need to revere and honor. Am I making sense? See, the pastor is coming. There are two people in front of him, two people by the side, two people behind. And then he's coming. Listen, that is very nice. Don't get me wrong. I used to do that. I used to have two in front of me, two by my side, two. But. Who wants to kill you? I <laughs> see, you know, my, my church, one of my previous churches, by the time I reach the, the car park, my people are waiting for me. Then we open my door, then one will take my bag. Good morning, Reverend. They want open my, then I'm coming. Then they are in front of me and behind me and beside me. and I'm coming, I feel very big. No, that is not what we have been called to do. Am I making sense? No, because how big is my bag? In fact, the person who's trying to carry my bag, I'm stronger and bigger than them. Why? Why do you have to carry my bag? And as I by the time I'm going to the stage to go and preach, somebody holds my Bible, somebody holds my notebook, and one is holding my towel then I can't put the towel and Bible there and they open to the scripture and then they'll put the, the water there. Then I'll come and stand there. Praise the Lord. No. 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 An excellent church is a seventh-leader church. Are you with me? Yeah. Have you not realized that it is only the underdeveloped countries that treat their presidents like supermen and superwomen? You see the motorcade, about five motorcades in front, about a convoy of 60 cars, about 50 in front, 50 behind, Boris Johnson rides a bicycle with his bicycle hat. This is the, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom riding his, his bicycle to his workplace. In some third world the underdeveloped countries that don't have proper roads, you see when the, the, the Prime Minister is going to the office in the morning, wee, 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 and then you see the motto, whoa, 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 whoa. Meanwhile, there's nothing in the place. That is lack of excellence. How many know what I'm talking about? It happens in your country, isn't it? Hmm. The president is going for a graduation. You see some people, we have their walkie talkie. <laughs> What is this? <laughs> please be quiet. I don't want problems. <laughs> I remember once we were doing a, a marriage ceremony, in a place, and the, the the king, the king's seventh is it seventh wife. Seventh wife or eighth wife. The eighth wife's niece was the one who was getting married. So, <laughs> just before the, uh, what do you call Everybody sitting down. The, the bride and groom are sitting in front. Just before the, shall we rise The, the for the nuptials to happen? Pastor, please give me the microphone. <laughs> this is the queen something, something, something honorable something, something is coming everybody stand, everybody stand this is the eighth wife and you're throwing rose petals I, it's not coming to America I'm telling you something <laughs> The, the most beautiful, the, the most, most this, most that, most that. And the lady was, the woman was walking so slowly and were entourage in front, entourage behind. Then they were blowing some things and then some people were throwing things. It took about 10-15 minutes for this lady to walk from their back to go and sit in the, in the special chair. I, I'm not telling you a story. These people were there, so they know what I'm talking about. Before they gave the microphone back. Now you can continue the sermon. <laughs> Listen, let us not have that t- type of attitude. Amen. Amen. Let us not have that type of attitude. That's a very an excellent <laughs> I'm trying to not to use any word, because I don't want to get into trouble. Hallelujah. Number four, let me move on quickly before I get into trouble. Number four, an excellent church is a church full of people of character and integrity. One key characteristics of an excellent church is integrity. Amen. In 1 Timothy, I don't have time to read it. 1 Timothy 3, 8 to 12, it gives that the the deacon and the the, the elder must and the pastor, the bishop, must be somebody who is reverent, not double-tongued, not given to wine, Somebody who is tested by time, somebody who is blameless. Hallelujah! In Titus chapter one five to nine, it also between the uh, Titus one five to nine and First Timothy three, it gives us twenty four characteristics or character traits of integrity that the leaders in the church must have. Amen. You see, integrity is the quality or the state of being sound morally. Principled, upright, honest, and sincere. When we say somebody has integrity, we are saying that the person has morally upright, they are principled, they are honest, and they are sincere. An excellent church must be a church that is full of morally upright people. Not a church where the pastor sleeps with seven or eight. The pastor has about nine, ten different girlfriends in the church. You see that all the pastors have divided the women, the young, beautiful girls. They are all shared. How many know that? When you enter such a church... Within a few minutes, you feel something. How many know what I'm talking about? You feel that, that thing. The church of God must be a place of integrity. Hallelujah. The leaders must be people of integrity. When you say something, do it. Not that you say one thing, but you're another thing. The problem that Jesus had with the Pharisees was that the Pharisees, they were like whitewashed tombs. Outside was... Perfect, but inside we're full of dry dead bones. Amen. Who are you when no one is watching? When the lights are turned off, who are you? Lack of integrity breeds mistrust pretense, and even hypocrisy among the people. In Luke chapter 12, from verse 1 through to 3, in the meantime, when the innumerable multitude of people had gathered together, so they trampled on one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, he said, beware of the living of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have spoken in the, inner, in the ear, in the inner rooms, will be proclaimed on the housetops. Hallelujah. The excellent church must be a church that what you see is what you get. Be honest. Be pure. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Not that when we 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 that they will find who you really are. We say hey The, the, the pastor who shot his wife in America, in Florida. I mean, this guy, you should have seen, anytime he's coming to church, he and his wife, they wear the same, his and her. Machi Machis. When you see that, that, that if it's purple. The wife is also wearing purple. You see the, the, the chair that they sit on is a palanquin. Both of them, palanquin. They borrowed the chair from Mr. Michael. What has Mr. Michael done to you, Kira? <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. But one day the church woke up. Paul, oh, he had killed his wife. That was the last day of the church. The church just finished in one day. Because integrity, you see, secret sin has a way of coming up one day. It's only a matter of time. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? Let's finish quickly. Number five, an excellent church is a church that takes risks. How many know that God took risk on sending Jesus? How many know that? And not only sending Jesus, but He turned Jesus, who was God, into a full man with the same frailties of a man to be tempted by Satan. What was the? um, I'm looking. The probability, or what was the the Propensity that he will not succumb to temptation. If he's a full man and he sees a beautiful woman, like David saw a beautiful man a woman and could not resist, what is the likelihood that he will keep himself without? Hallelujah. Am, am, I, am I talking to somebody? No, Pastor Ben, concentrate. Don't let Kiran distract you. Concentrate. Hallelujah. You see, uh, every developed country takes risk, isn't it? It takes risk. Have you seen some skyscrapers and some bridges that are built? You ask yourself, how did they build that? Have you seen a San Francisco bridge? It's miles up in the air. You see, when you, when you stand on the Verzano, Verzano Bridge, you see the clouds under, underneath. An, the cloud is b- below you. So when you are on the bridge, the cloud is below. You can see the, you can see the, the cloud, and then when you look through the cloud, you can see the, the water way down there. You ask yourself, how did they build that? How many people died trying to build that thing? But that is what it takes to for excellence. The countries that don't build anything, are countries that don't like to take risk. <laughs> Listen. Christians that do not take risk do not do much. Am I talking to somebody? Christians that are not willing to take a risk will not do much. A church that is not willing to take risk will not do much. You are waiting to get money before you buy a building. Then you are not buying any building anytime soon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It takes risk. Christianity is risk. Jesus being sent into the world with the form of a man was a risky business. Do you know that Jesus, with all the powers of heaven, could have done the mission without disciples? So, even having disciples was a risky business. Look at these dodgy guys. Look at Judas. all these people with different agendas. You have different hidden agendas. There are some churches, they don't have any any assistant pastor. It's the pastor and his wife. That's all. No ministers. No, hey. Assistant pastor, and then you come and form a coup to overthrow me. No. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Listen, an excellent church is a church that takes risk. Giving people your microphone is a risky business. Hallelujah. Oh, don't spoil my preaching. Because once you give them the microphone, you, don't, you can't control what they say. By the time you, you, you die for your microphone, whatever they wanted to say, they would have said it. And some, some churches, they won't get up and take the microphone. They'll look at you for them to... It's like somebody comes to stand in front of the, the pulpit and removes his thing and then psh, wee-wee all over the place. And then you are frozen. By the time he has finished doing his best, the whole place thinks... It's a risk. But it's a risk that we need to take. Hallelujah. We need to take risk on people and trust that they'll do the right thing. Amen. I, am I talking to somebody? Let's, let's, let's do the last one. We can go home with this one. Joe, what do you think? I have five more. Should I give just one, and then we'll go? Yeah. One more, one more. Hey, you have your. <laughs> you have settled your case. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> An excellent church is a church that works as a team. Amen. Amen. Like I said, Jesus could have done a lot more with himself and the angels. But he decided to choose. He says, you are Simon. Not Simon, the meaning of Simon. Simon means unstable. Water, like water. Today is 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 brown, the next day is clean, the next day is pure, is pink, the next day is yellow. He says that you are Simon Peter. You are Simon, which means water, and Peter, which means rock. On this, this rock, which is water and rock, I will build my church. Because an excellent church is a church full of team workers, team players. Hallelujah. So, we work as a team. We work as a team. There's no I in team. We are together. We are as good as the weakest person that we have in the team. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. It's not a one man, you are the blow man. You are the champion. You know, the nigga where everybody is dying, but you, are, you have this big gun that nobody dies as you are coming. <laughs> everybody is falling, and you are coming. It doesn't happen like that in the war. Or you are the Sylvester Stalin, you have your, your big, big knife that you are coming, first blood. Rambo, you are coming. No. No, the church is not full of Rambo-style people. Am I making sense? It's a team sport. So you are as important as I am. Without you, I cannot do anything. And without me, you can also not do anything. Hallelujah. That's the excellent church. Where each of us are as important as the next person. Not that some people are more important than others. Am I making sense? See, the reason why some of us, we don't, we don't behave well and we don't do the right thing. It's because we don't think we, are, we matter. Do, do you get, get it? So, our integrity and our misbehavior doesn't affect the church. Who told you? So, I'm not the pastor of the church after all. No. You represent, when you move out here, you represent us. Just as I represent the church, so do you represent the church. Amen. Just as I represent Christ, you also represent Christ. Hallelujah. So we need to do the right things. Amen. Amen. An excellent church, last one for today, an excellent church is a church committed to making disciples. You will never be an excellent church if you don't make disciples. The reason why the church is dying, the modern day church is dying and becoming irrelevant is because we are not recreating after ourselves. We are not reproducing. We are not reproducing after our kind. My prayer is that I have 120 people like me who do what I do and even better. That's my prayer not that I'm the the one and only the primus inter pares first among equals when I'm when I speak nobody can say anything no hallelujah Amen. and you see that is why when we have a church where we don't have that Rambo-style type of leadership, it doesn't mean that we must not respect the leadership. It doesn't mean that we should take them for granted. Sometimes the reason why people behave that way is because they need to remind you who they are. Otherwise, you think that you are equal. You understand? So I have to put on some regalia. You know, as, as a pastor, I tell you, the day I put on my robe, people treat me differently. Some of you haven't seen me in my robe before. When you see me in my real robe and my, I look, like, I look like a proper bishop. Of the tetragrammaton. With my stick when I'm coming, you know that this is a proper vicar. But when I come and stand here with my normal chair, I'm talking, it's like, oh, this guy. Hallelujah. That is why we must We must reverend, give honor to whom honor is due, but not make him like, do you understand what I'm saying? And allow him to reproduce after his kind. Am I making sense? So that there's not only one bishop, there's not only one right reverend in the church, but many more are created in the house of God. Am I making sense? A pastor friend of mine was asking, "How come you you always? When I see there are different people in your church leading prayer and leading this, because I'm trying to recreate myself in them. So how come you have all these people? Me, all I have is snakes. They so keep calling them snakes. <laughs> They'll become cobras and bite you. Is <laughs> that?" You, you have all these nice young guys who are doing well, you know, when it any of you, I, I watch you, I see them. Me, all I have is these snakes. So okay. <laughs> Your words will come and bite you. Amen. But a good church reproduces after its kind. We have to see this CICC in every city. I say in every city. And it looks like this CICC. Not that it looks like something else. With different people. Hallelujah. That is what Christ sent us to do. Not to sit in one place. And look very important.